Good morning again, everybody. Hey, go ahead and grab your message notes out of your worship guide. If you're a digital note taker, they're there for you digitally online as well. Hey, my name's Brandon. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors around here. And again, welcome to all of you watching online as you travel or you're dealing with the flu, whatever you got. We're glad that you're online. I'm excited about today. You glad to be in church today? Come on, are we glad? Come on, it's a good day to be together. I woke up just pumped this day, uh, just thinking about this morning and what I really believe God was going to do. I've been encouraged as we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we're a weekend, only 14 more to go. Some of you say, awesome, good job, you made it. Some of you went, oh man, <laughs> I didn't quite hang in there, but that's okay. So listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start today. Some of us will go, well, I missed the first week, so we'll try again next January. But <laughs> what I want you to do is dig in today. As we started this series, First Things First, it's been our goal to set the tone of our life uh, to honor God this year. We believe if we get everything in order in God's way, God will really bless us. So setting our lives for 21 days of prayer and fasting is a great way to do that. Bible reading, I hope that you are reading the Bible with us every day. If you miss a day, it's okay. Just pick it up the next day uh, on the resource, on the app, 21 days. There's Bible plans that we're all doing together. We're all reading it together, which is really great. People can communicate and uh, just chat back and forth. It's really neat. So do that. Your 21 days of prayer and fasting. Anybody can do it. Fasting is just uh, putting something to the side to say, I'm going to focus what I would be doing at this moment, and I'm going to put it toward the Lord. So like my seven-year-old, we don't force him to do this, but we always share in our house what we're doing when we do 21 days. And we say, hey, would you like to participate? And he goes, yeah, I'd love to do that. And I said, well, what do you want to fast? And he goes, Dad, I think I'm going to fast my Nintendo Switch. And he just got it for Christmas. And I said, okay, buddy. All right, so let's talk about this. I said, let me really explain this. I said, because I don't care what you fast, but once we agree to it, that's what we're doing. We're going to finish this. He said, no, I'm, I'm going to do my switch, Dad. And so I'm like, well, buddy, you know, you, you, I don't want to hear you whine about this for 21 days. Are you really sure about this? He said, Dad, I'm going to pretend like I never had it. I said, okay, all right, buddy. I said, so let's do this. Why don't we fast your switch Monday through Friday, and then on the weekend, why, why don't you just spend, you, you can have a little time playing. You have more time than day. You can still read your Bible and do all that stuff. He said, nope, Dad, not going to do it. Just not going to touch it. I said, buddy, listen to your dad and look in my eyes. Why don't we just use it and try to help you on the weekend? So we agreed to that. And so he's doing great. Didn't whine about it at all. So here's the lesson learned. Every time I go to complain, I look at my seven-year-old and I go, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. So I don't care how you fast, but I want to encourage you to dig in a little bit. And come on, let's read the Bible this year. Let's fast together. Let's set the tone and the foundation of our year. First things first. That's what this series is all about. And this is not like a, a church twist your arm, like just a church thing that we do. This is actually from God's Word. Look at it with me. I quoted it earlier. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. The first thing in our life that we should be chasing after is God. Live righteously, not perfectly, but in pursuit of of holiness before God, to look like Jesus, and he will give you everything that you need. So that's the secret sauce right there. That's the whole behind-the-scenes thing. If we look and chase after God, he takes care of everything else in our life. I've lived it my whole life. I've experienced it. That's why I firmly believe it wholeheartedly, that if you do it and you chase him, you don't have to get it right all the time. But, man, when you're chasing God, he blesses your life. And so this series has been that. Last week, our series uh, message title was Seek Ye First. We're going to seek God first. And all month, this series is going to impact the areas of most importance in our life. 
Last week was Seek Ye First, Seeking God. Today, I titled your message, As For Me and My House. We're going to talk about the family today. Next week, we're going to talk about the church and the context of the church and the importance of the church. And in week four, we're going to talk about our our professional lives. We're going to talk about our life of work and how we spend most of our life in that area and what God's will is for it. So we're going to unpack, first things first, orders of importance of our life this year, biblically, every single week. And so today, as for me and my house, let me say this, all of our families are different. All of our families function different. We look different. We have different makeup in our family. We have single family homes. We have uh, marriages that are strained. We have some that are doing great. We have blended families. We got all the stuff today. But what I want to do is I want to take a look at why did God even give us families to begin with? Like, why did God even give us this entity of the family. We just take it for granted. We're just born. There's a family there. We have a family. One day, maybe we have a family. Like We take it for granted, but God does everything on purpose. But in placing that to the Lord, by offering our families to God, here's what the Bible says in Joshua 24, 15, and I think this is a good statement for our families. He says, if you refuse to serve the Lord, well, choose today whom you will serve. Now, that's kind of an in-your-face scripture and statement, because here's what he's saying. Don't say you're serving God. Don't say you're chasing God. Don't say your family's committed to God when it's not. So stop saying, oh, yeah, we, are, we love the Lord, and like pretending on the outside, dressing it up on the outside when it's all filthy on the inside. That's when he's saying, look, if, if you don't have it together, just say you don't have it together. If you haven't committed to it, just say you haven't committed to it. And here's why. Because you can serve the gods of your ancestors that they served, the gods of the Amorites and the land that you live now. In other words, you can follow culture. You can do it culture's way. You can live the way you see everybody else live on the TikTok and the Instagram and the YouTube and all the places. Or you can do this. As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. In other words, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what culture says. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There is a lot of things in my life I have no control of. You are one I have no control of. The way other people act in the parking lot of Walmart, not putting their buggies back, I got no control of it. I'm trying my best, but I've got no control of it. But I tell you what I do have control of, what happens inside of my house. Now, I can't force everything. I'm still working on Jen, everybody. Y'all help me. I'm still tweaking some things, and we're, we're, we're making progress. But in my house, we, we can set the tone. See, in the order of God and of his family, some of us just need to rise up and go, you know what? We're going to serve God in this house, and I'm going to give you a way to do it today. And as I was thinking about the family and how dysfunctional family is and how complicated it is, some of you that know me, you're not going to believe this, but what came to my mind was a set of golf clubs. Now, many of you don't know me that I don't follow sports, I don't do sports, it's not my, not my jam. But I, was, but I know enough to know that St. Nick retired. He ain't making toys no more. A little too soon, isn't it? A little too soon. I'm sorry. A little too soon. All right. All right. Just, just hang with me. Families are different. And, and, but I do, y'all not, wouldn't know this, but I do enjoy playing golf. I don't play much because it's expensive. I mean, it's expensive. And I, ain't, I don't roll like that. So I just, I just don't. I listen to other people talk about it. But I understand this is a driver. Got the, I got the right verbiage down, right? Yeah, it's a driver. And so when you begin, when you begin a hole of golf, see, every club here is different. 
They look different. They have different weights. They have the capacity for a different distance. They all have a different function. They're all in the same bag because they all play the same game, yet they function and they operate very differently. Everyone in our household, we're different. We have different personalities. We have different roles. We have different giftings. And we have different functions. Now, we don't all do the same thing, but we're all playing the same game with the same goal in mind. Now, it probably would not be fitting if I came in a room this size, Jeremy Kelly, with you right there, you know what I'm saying, and I really teed one of these up. You know, you're probably not in a great spot. But one of the things that I, I do enjoy is I enjoy a pitching wedge. See, I feel good when it comes to pitching. Does anybody, like, anybody else, if you play golf, you like, you like pitching, you kind of got that short game. I like that. Because here's what I understand. This club functions differently. Where are you going? <laughs> than other clubs. Some of y'all getting real uncomfortable here. See, here's... Ooh. Oh, look! Woo! Some of you online can't see it. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you. I didn't tell you this before I hit it. But this is what the Lord said to me today. The Lord said, when you hit this golf ball, he said, somebody's going to catch it. And he said, when they catch it, you know they're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit back there. <laughs> the Lord said, if it hits them in the face, we're going to have to pray. All right? So who's not been praying and fasting this week? Who, who, do, we need, who, who do we need to? You know, I'm just... Come on, somebody. We got students chasing Jesus. Come on. The Lord said one more. The Lord said one more. Jeremy Kelly, where are you at? Oh, but see, look, all right, let me just take because he's feeling bad because he can catch it. Wait a minute. Don't start praying yet. It did not hit him in the face. That means he is in full pursuit of Jesus. And brother, you almost there today. You almost got it today. Today is your day, all right? Y'all give it up. Come on, let's honor Jesus together. Y'all didn't know I could do it. Thank God I did. That'd been bad if I'd have missed that up here. So let me just tell you, what does all that mean? It means that every one of us walked in this room together today, and every one of us are different. We're all gifted differently. We all have different abilities but we're all playing the same game. We all have the same goal to get all the way from the starting line all the way to the end. And here's what God wants us to do today that I hope can bring in the realization of the weight and of the blessing, the responsibility of our families. And I just believe, everybody, if we can get this foundation right this year, it would literally change the way we live in 2024. So let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for what you're going to teach us today in your word. May we honor you with it. God, I bless God this room, everybody online, our Columbiana campus today that we would receive from you. God, this is so important. And so we offer ourselves to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Three things about the family that I want to tell us this overarching idea of why we exist. Number one is that family is a reflection Family is a reflection. What does that mean? Family is a reflection of God. That when we were given the very first blessing, the very first blessing that we received was family. The gift that God gave us from the very beginning was 
the family. And that's why I believe that our families today are in such trouble and the mess that they're in. That we try hard, but family is the most exhausting thing you will ever work through. Because it looked like a fairy tale on the outside, but on the inside of the castle, there's cobwebs, the toilet don't flush, you know what I'm talking about? Like the inside of the castle looks very different from the outside. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the very first thing we were given was the family. Look at it with me in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God said, let us make human beings in our image. Underline that statement, our image. To be like us. Notice that. That's interesting, isn't it? God is creating, and he's creating to be like, he says, us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. This is scripture. Let this clarify 2024. He created them male and female. He created them. So any confusion we have, God just cleared it up from the beginning. And I'm not making light, but let me tell you why. I take a moment to point this out. God creates Adam and Eve. And he puts them together as a unit or as a family. And God is very specific in the way in which he created Adam and Eve. Because they are to be a reflection of the family of God. Your family and the reason that God gave you family. The reason that we were placed in family was so that our families would reflect who God is in heaven on this earth as we live. The family was the light to live in the darkness. So why do you think in 2024 we have confusion about what a family should look like, about what a male is or what a female is, what culture is saying about the family? Do you know why? Because if the enemy can rewrite what God created and first blessed, he can change the fabric of eternity. Because he knows if we can be confused to look something different other than the reflection of God, he wins. If we don't reflect God, we reflect the enemy. Choose today whom you will serve. You can serve this God or you can serve my God. But you will decide and you will reflect one or the other. And so my family is either a reflection of the culture that I live in and the TikTok and the Snapchat and the Instagram and what everybody says is family. But when God says right here, I have created you to look like us. What does that mean? I'm going to give you just a couple things that I think will help us to understand this reflection. And I want you to write this down. The family reflects God's order. This is extra. There's order to everything. You don't see anything that God does, that God created, that does not have an order to it. There's an order in seasons. There's an order in a day. There's an order in a year. There is order in everything. In the New Testament, we have an order for worship. We have order for the way that we live our lives as believers. There's an order to everything. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three, yet in one. It's the Trinity. It's God expressing himself. Let me make it this way. God created. God is in heaven. He sends his son Jesus into the world physically. 
Jesus goes back to heaven after rising from the grave and leaves the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, personally living in our lives. Three, yet one, all an expression of God. So they're working together. So God says, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make humans in our image. And here's what he did. He said, we have Adam. You are going to be a father. You have Eve, and you will be a wife and a mother. And then he said, go and multiply. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I love the way God works, because God could have just created a little field of kids and said, go tend to them children out there. <laughs> Think about it. He created Adam and Eve. He could have said, now you got a whole bunch of kids. Go take care of them. He said, nope, I'm going to leave that to y'all. You're welcome. I'm just... So the family is literally a reflection in creation of the family of God. And you think the enemy likes that? You think every time that a godly man and a godly woman come together as one and they multiply the godliness into their children that saturates their community, you think God likes that? I mean, the enemy likes that? No. The enemy would do whatever he can to thwart the plan of God, and it begins at the foundation of this world with the family. I'm telling you, I'm fully convinced the reason we have all the issues in our culture today, it is the fault of the family. We have failed as families to live out the reflection of God. The next thing that I believe is a reflection of God is God's character. That's why God gave us the family. Husbands, the Bible teaches us we are to lead our homes. We are to serve our wives, sacrifice, give ourselves in the same way Christ gave himself to the church. Now, most of us men, we really like that portion of the verse when it says that the wives are to submit to the husbands, right? Like, we like to hang on that one. But let's back it up a second. The husband is to sacrifice the way Jesus sacrificed for his bride. And I don't know if you've read that portion of Scripture. But I don't want to do that. They lied about him. They talked about him. Gossip. They beat him beyond recognition. They took him to court. They tried him. They put him on a cross. He died the most horrific death in all of humanity. And he did it willingly for me. Now, as a husband, when you stop and soak that in a second, some of you go, ah, oh, that's not what I meant to sign up for. <laughs> I would have picked better. I'm just, I'm just. We start wrestling with it, don't we? Because it's, it's deep. But that's a reflection in the home. That's the depth of what it means to reflect the love of God into our families as we lead our families. Wives, we're to submit to our husbands because your husband should be leading spiritually in your home. Now, some of you go, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a grown woman. I'm independent. Don't need no man. Come on, women today don't even need men to have babies. I mean, I see that. I don't know how all that works. I think there's probably a man in there somewhere, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but let me explain something to you. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I have submitted myself to him. And you know what he said? Come on, Brandon. 
You're a joint heir with me. He said, Brandon, because of that, you can go boldly to the throne room of God and you can be in his presence. Because of your relationship with me, I've given you purpose and I've given you something to do and I've called you to make a difference. And you know what? I am a partner in this thing with Christ. I am serving with Christ and he is with me. And that's the beauty of the home, that as the husband loves his bride, as Christ loved the church, and as the wife submits in that, you walk together in unity to do that. And then our children, you're to honor your father and your mother. Regardless of how old we get, we honor the family that we've been given. Why? Because that's what the Bible teaches us to do. Because it is a reflection of God. So I want to ask you this sobering question about your family. And I want you to think about this in your own prayer time. And I want you to dissect your home. And I want you to ask yourself this question and ask it honestly. And then write down the week. Just say, does my family reflect the family of God? Because the character of God, husbands loving your wives that way, wives submitting to your husbands that way. And then think about it as you parent your kids, as you got kids. Come on, some days you just thought about opening that back door up, going down the road, and just sliding them on out, didn't you? But you know what? It teaches you patience, teaches you forgiveness. It teaches you unconditional love because you can look at somebody that be so nasty to you after you bless them so much, and yet you love them anyway. You still feed them. You still bathe them. You still take care of them. How many times have I disobeyed my father? How many times have I looked at God in anger? How many times have I approached God like a spoiled brat? And you know what? He's a good father who still loves me every single time. And every time you love your home, and every time you love those kids, and every time you move beyond yourself, it is a reflection of the character of God. Does your home reflect the character of God? Some of you are the only person in your home leading the spiritual charge. Then that responsibility falls on your shoulders. It's heavy, but it's still your responsibility. Does your leadership reflect Number two, it's a responsibility. Family is a responsibility. It's heavy because, look, we got to reorganize, recommit to doing things God's way, and it's a responsibility. The Bible said God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. In other words, God said, okay, this is awesome. You got it? You got the plan? You got the family? You got your role? Now get busy. There's a responsibility to it. God didn't tell Adam and Eve, and, and notice this. Even before they sinned, even before they ate of the fruit, God told them they were going to work. Work is not punishment. God created us to be people of purpose, to live our life on purpose, to do something, to contribute something, to build something, to make a difference in our surroundings. God put them in the garden and said, now go be fruitful, multiply, and reign over it, rule over it. You do it. You handle it. Get to work. Our families are not just something that we're just supposed to ooh and ah over babies and, and fall in love you know, every day. And it's like all that stuff becomes work. You work to keep a marriage together. You work to be a good parent. You work to hold the family together. It becomes work. But if you do it with purpose and you understand that God created you to work and God created us to 
spend time in our family. Most of us will do anything we can to get rid of it. We'll take kids to five different sports all over town just so that we don't have to pretend like we got to be home to work on the family. But God said, reign over it. Rule it. Work it. Let me give you a few ways that you can do it in your family. I think it's helpful. I'm just going to give them to you quick. One is have goals. What's the goals for your family? I don't know. We never thought about that. We never talked about that in our house. We just kind of get up, go to work every day, hope we pay the bills, and everybody's still alive. It's the end of the night. Feel pretty. <laughs> feel like we've accomplished something if we did that. You know? We didn't lose any kids and leave them anywhere. You know? Have financial goals. Get your finances together. Don't live this year like you lived last year. And the only thing stopping you is you. But I don't make enough this. Well, you'll never make enough. Nobody ever makes enough. They just don't. But stop living miserable this year. Get some financial goals together in your home. It, it, it'll alleviate some of the stress that we've caused on ourselves. Get some relational goals. I mean, date nights you're going to have. How are you going to still know your spouse's name in 18 years when the kids leave the nest? Or in 34 years when they're in the basement? I don't know which one, but <laughs> at some point, you got to remember relational goals. What about physical goals? Don't go this year, go, oh, I got another appointment, I got to get another, you know, prescription. Well, there's, you know, just probably cut out some Mountain Dews. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking to myself, I, I've cut some stuff out 21 days. All of us. We, we could probably live a little healthier, feel a little better, live a little longer. If we just had a goal, what about spiritual goals? Come on, we, we've got all the goals as to why we can't do something. But what if we set some spiritual goals in our house together? Did you stop to think that in your home it might be important for 21 days of prayer and fasting to consult with everybody in the home together? What are we doing together? What are we praying for together? What are we asking God for together? What are we hearing God say together? Spiritual goals. Not just going through the motions doing every day. If we do what we've always done, we will get what we've always gotten. But what would happen if we just went back and put first things first and said, for as me and my house... This is what we're striving for. The second part of this is have agreement. You need to agree on what the goals are. Two people can't walk in two different directions. You can't do it. The whole body working together. I, I'm not a sports guy. I don't play sports. I, let me tell you something. I can play sports. I just don't care anything about it. But I play music. I'm a drummer. I've, I've played drums my whole life. But if I'm honest with you, I don't even know how I do that. Sometimes I, I play here for worship or different things, and I'll just be playing and think to myself, I don't even know how I'm doing this. Like both feet are going, both hands are going, they're all different directions. And it's on beat, it's on time, it's pushing the band forward. And I'm like, I don't even know how I'm doing this. It don't even make sense. But in all the chaos that's happening, everything is working together. It's all in one tempo. It's all in one beat. It's on one time. And everything, although moving differently and functioning it's all working together to create one thing. And in your family, it all may be flowing and working and feel chaotic. But when you're walking in agreement, the music will be made. And even though you go, I don't even know how we make it sometimes. It'll make sense because you've got a goal and everybody's moving to the same goal. And you're walking in agreement. And then the third part of this is, is commit to it. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Commit to it. Some of us, we need commitment. 
Don't say, well, I feel like a hypocrite reading my Bible every day because I don't even like doing it. I don't even know what I'm reading, so I just don't even feel like I should read it. Feels like a chore. Feels like work, and I shouldn't do spiritual things out of a chore. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. It's called discipline. Discipline yourself to read the Bible. I love what my wife says. It starts as a discipline, and eventually it will become a delight. Read it, and then eventually you'll just do it because it's something that you do, like anything else. Some of you have not even opened your eyes, and you've already started coffee. You've made it. You've poured it. You're drinking it before you can even see what's in front of you because you do it every day. It's just second nature. What if some of these commitments of our life become second nature? We need spiritual disciplines. Discipline yourself spiritually this year. I don't care if you read it and don't know what you even read. Just do it. Do it again the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. You'll get better. It eventually becomes normal. Spiritual disciplines. Discipline your mind. Some of us, we, we got to get a hold of what's happening in here. you got to get God's word in you that gives you your worth, that helps direct your thoughts. The Bible says take captive your thoughts. Rule over them. You can do that. Your mood Tell your face you're as happy as you feel. Your family will thank you. Some of you, you pretended all day long and you're exhausted when you get home. And all they get is the real raw you. Stop it. Discipline yourself. Discipline your mouth. You ain't got to say everything you think. When you think it, there it goes back. Take them thoughts captive in your mind. And it'll purify what comes out of your mouth. You will thank me later. What about your money? Discipline your money. Discipline your muscles. Get yourself in health. Discipline your movements, your integrity. We don't talk like that in this house. We don't watch that in this house. We don't listen to that in this house. We don't have that attitude in this house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it takes discipline. I'm not saying perfection. I'm not telling you because I'm perfect, got it all figured out. I'm just telling you because just like you, I'm chasing it every day. And I want us all to chase the same thing because the family is a reflection of God. It's a responsibility that we've been given. And then the most beautiful part is number three, family is a reminder. It's a reminder. It's truly a reminder of the goodness of God because here's what I understand Families are one of the most difficult things ever. There's hurt. There's wounds. There's abuse. I get it. Some of us can't really accept God the Father and his goodness because we've had a poor example of an earthly father. But God knew it. Some of you are sitting in circumstances. The honest truth is, it's your fault. You created it. You made bad decisions. And you're reaping that. Some of you are in situations that was no choice of your own. You didn't control it. You didn't cause it. You couldn't have prevented it. But the big picture is it doesn't matter because God redeems all things. And this is the beautiful part of family. Listen to this. And he said to the man, since you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Now everybody's going, oh, yeah, I can relate to this now. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. And though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. 
For you were made from the dust, and to the dust you will return. But I'm so thankful God doesn't end it there. Look at verse 21. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Adam and Eve had blew it. They'd already messed up the family. They just started it and messed it up. But even though God said, okay, there's consequences to this. But he gave the very first sacrifice by making skins from an animal to clothe their nakedness, to cover their shame, and to cover their guilt. And can I tell you that regardless of where your family is today and what you're facing, number one, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're online and you never said yes to Jesus, look, that's your starting point. First things first, seek first God. And then today, no matter what your family looks like or the role that you play, I want us to submit ourselves to the Lord today and take our families lift them to God. So Father, today, if there's any of us without a personal relationship with you, God, it's our prayer today that you just forgive us of our sins. We know we've messed up. We know we've failed. We know we've missed it. And Jesus, we know we need you. So we choose you to be number one in our lives today. We're going to follow after you. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sin and for relationship. And God, we pray for our families today, that our families would be a reflection that we would walk in responsibility. And may today we be encouraged at the reminder, God, that you're with us right in the middle of it. God, may our families be a light in the darkness. May we represent you well. May we shift our culture of all the hurt that's in this world and the confusion. God, may the family restore by reflecting your goodness. God, I pray your favor on every mom and every dad. God, I pray over every single parent. God, I pray for every individual that's in an abusive home or an abusive relationship. I pray for every child that is neglected. God, I pray for every single person that's praying for God to send that help me. God, you can cover it all, and you're present right in the middle of every single bit of it. And Jesus, through every blessing that you bring, will give you credit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.